0: Hello and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Ball and
1: Patrick Terry. We are two dads with a love for movies.
0: Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids
1: as well as movies we have seen without them.
0: Good morning and happy Rocktober, Patrick. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Jeff? (laughs) Doing good, man. It's Rocktober. My favorite time of year. Bring it. What's horror
1: movies galore horror costumes movies.
0: decorations just yes all the season. things spooky season. yes plus it's also birthday month for me yeah. and the missus and one of the be- one of my besties so it's it's uh awesome all around it's yeah. also uh autism awareness month and uh as, to go along with that also adhd awareness month so yeah it's just a lot of great things to celebrate and and just have fun with, and get ourselves educated on, and then of course the spookiness of just the month and the season. My favorite season of the year. Uh, so yes, we are already decked out at our house. Have been for since Grayson's birthday. I think I decorated on the t- no on the eleventh, mm. or twelfth. I decorated, and uh, yeah, it was. It's been great. Just been slowly adding more decorations some coffee mugs uh, to the collection and whatnot. Uh, Yeah, it's been fun. Grayson got her Halloween costume Mm -hmm. uh, because they can't say it's the Barbie uh, roller skating outfit.
1: They just said
0: uh, skating girl or something like that. I don't know. But it's essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, So Grayson's got that for her. I've got my I Am Knuff hoodie, which is very soft. And very comfortable. Mm -hmm. I only worn it for a little bit. I didn't want to, I was more or less afraid because I don't want to get any stains or anything on it before. Plus, yeah, before I actually wear it. Plus, I want to be very cautious on how I take care, you know, on the care of it because I got to double check how you're supposed to wash it because it's not like a made like a traditional hoodie.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was something I had to legit pre order from the Mattel site. Hey and they sold out fairly quick, I really don't want anything to happen because I will not be able to, I have a feeling I probably won't be able to get it again. So, or at least Those it'd be rare, difficult. Rare yeah. Items. Yeah. Like get some like really expensive Nikes and then you get like stuff on it. And then you're like mad because you spent way too much money and now you can't get this off.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I'm guessing I spend more than $60 on shoes anyways. So, I've maybe had one pair at Nike in my lifetime, mm. but
1: I stick with, uh, you know, Walmart brand Skechers, there you, go. you know,
0: yep. just whatever works.
1: Yeah. As long as it's comfortable. And exactly. I mean, if I, if I end up going through five or six pair, I'm not, I'll eventually spend as much as Nike, Yeah. but I've bought 10 pair for that one.
0: Right. And that's think we've discussed before. I've got very flat, very wide feet. Mm-hmm. So for me, finding shoes is always difficult. So. I always try and buy two pair of whatever, either with the same shoe or if I find two pair that actually fit me very comfortably, I'll buy both of them in most places usually has some sort of deal going on like buy one, get one half off or something like that. Yeah. So I definitely buy two pair and then I try and just to alternate that way. I don't you know completely wear them out. And so, yeah, share it's, the wear and tear. Uh, yeah, pretty much share the wear and tear. Uh, we, we, uh, but yeah, it, it, so for shoes, for me, it's kind of a pain, but anyways, uh, we're all very excited around here. Um, excited for this month. Kids are excited because they've got a four day week and then they both go on fall break mm-hmm. and each of them are going on sep- We'll say separate trips. Yeah. Each of them are going on a trip with their mothers and I'm staying here and working. So okay. Yeah, York and his mom are going to go to Chicago for a few days and uh, check out some art museums and stuff. Uh, Ruth and Grayson are actually going to Disneyland for a few days and then coming back. So, nice. and I shall be here. Yep. probably, probably cleaning, probably cleaning. Wait, I know me, probably cleaning. <laughs> But it's all good. I'm very excited for everybody. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, about all we got going on here. When's uh, when's Kyla's fall break?
1: Um, I have a feeling it might be around the same time. But, yeah. Um, maybe maybe the week after, because she was trying to plan her coming. So it might be this next week. She said the next time she comes, it'll be about the time her um, fall break starts. So it probably got matched up this time. Okay. Cool. Yeah, but um, everything's good here. Um, no complaints. (laughs) Everything's good.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, York and I completed our third Lego Technics vehicle last night. We did the McLaren Senna racing uh, set, and it's a smaller set compared to the compared to Dom's Charger and definitely compared to the Batmobile. I really feel like. I really feel like that uh, we started with on a more difficult build mm-hmm. with our first one because we have or we just gotten a lot better at it. Yeah, maybe it could be a little bit of both. Uh, but yeah, it had like eleven hundred pieces the Batmobile one did, and eleven or twelve, and then the Charger had like eleven hundred pieces. This one was eight hundred and thirty. So yeah, it was a lot smaller and the next one we are doing is uh the that we have ready to go to start is the lego technics bugatti i think it's bull b-o-l-i-t-e so uh i don't know when we'll start it but uh, that is our next project in our queue i guess you could say okay so so yeah we finished we finished uh, building that, and York introduced me to the anime called Chainsaw Man. Yes, which I was acutely aware of. Yeah, but had no idea. And in the simplest of terms, there are demons, and so this dude was a demon hunter essentially. Like he went to go, uh, he went he goes around killing demons to help pay off debts and stuff mm-hmm. uh, that he that he had inherited from his dad. And he had, I guess, along the way, rescued this demon dog. It was like part dog, but it's got like a chainsaw coming out of its front of its face. Yeah. And anyways, he gets double crossed. The demon dog ends up replacing his heart. And so dude is then able to transform more or less. He pulls like the little chainsaw string you pull to get it started that is now coming out of his chest so he pulls on that and basically transforms into chainsaw man which in which he has chainsaws on both hands or i guess coming out of his forearms mostly and like his thumb isn't there but the other four fingers are and then he's got one coming out of his face and so he's able to go around and kill all these demons he ends up more or less getting like recruited by this organization that kills demons Mm -hmm. and he's he's a fairly young person young dude and he ends up i guess becoming really sexually attracted to the boss which is around which really also is fairly young and all he wants to do is her boobs i was like (laughs) this is where we get into this was written by someone york's age yeah (laughs) and then She ends up pairing him with another person that is basically like a devil. She's got like horns coming out of her head. She's pretty much batshit crazy. Yeah. And she ends up... He ends up making a deal that he will help kill the person that took her cat, Miauska. And uh, if he does it, he's basically made a deal that he gets to grab her boobs. So again... We're just going around killing folk just to get a little grope action. And I was just – and I'm just sitting here going, this is ridiculous, slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. It kind of – you know, and obviously it's – I'm like, well, obviously this is something that would appeal to kids. Now, while we're watching this, there's commercial breaks. There's a HEMS commercial. So, you know, talking about erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. There's a – Mental health commercial, which I guess if you're watching a show like this, maybe they think you need some. Yeah. <laughs> and Then what else? Oh, then there's like a Tide Laundry commercial, which is fitting because of all the killing and you get the blood yeah. out. Yeah. So, same thing with Dishwasher. I'm like, I don't think this knows its target audience. And then it shows a commercial for stars in which it's advertising John, Wick. York goes finally, they finally some target marketing. <laughs>
1: Some of these things aren't aesthetically correct.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't think they know who their audience is watching this. Yeah. Uh, But then again, I don't think I know who the audience is that's watching this. I don't think it's me. The animation is done really well. I will give it that. It's, it's very crisp. It's very well done. But the, so this to me, the story is pretty stupid. It's, it's pretty simple. We'll just say simple juvenile, obviously, but it's, made for adults like the show is for adults it's not for it's not for middle schoolers but here we are he'd already seen some of it and yeah we're just kind of here at this point it's like okay but yeah that's so that's what we had on while we were trying to build um yeah Uh, yeah "Yeah."
1: i I, i've
0: watched that a while back it's been a minute but yeah pretty much everything you say (laughs) yeah and that is the easiest way i'm going to be able to describe that show yeah <clears throat> so yeah that's that 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 was our week <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness uh this week was also national the uh, national film festival which i was unfortunately not able to go and attend or volunteer this year i was happy that i was able to i guess technically volunteer earlier in the year when i was able to help out reading uh, some scripts for that had been submitted to the festival as well as like short you know also like tv scripts or short mm-hmm. uh screenplays for short films so i do so i feel like i was at least involved this year but just not as much as i would have liked to we'll just go with that right and then by the time i got here it's just there was too much going on yeah so, but then lastly lastly this saturday was the vanderbilt missouri game at vanderbilt Missouri has been was 4 and 0 going into the game. I really I'm not like sports, you know, um but if it's my if it's the Missouri Tigers I'm I'm there. Yeah. And they are been they've been exceedingly wonderful at being mediocre for the better part of 10, 10 years or so. And so my expectations are always low. I was like, listen, if they're over 500 for the for the season, cool. That's Yeah. I'm happy with that. I don't need them to win national titles and stuff like that. I just want them to just do better in 500. Yeah. And they came into Vanderbilt 4-0. We all went. So, the, you know, four of us plus York's mom, York's boyfriend, and York's uh, York's mom's uh, other friend. And it was hot. It was a pain in the ass to get to our seats because of all the destruction, I mean construction yeah. that is happening. So there's no easy way to get into the stadium on either side, really. Yeah. It is a journey and not a very pleasant one. And but it's okay. We got there. And it was such a great time. They did awesome. Uh they ended up winning 38 to 21, beating Vanderbilt by 17. Yeah. And they are now five and zero for the season. They take on LSU at home, and LSU lost this past weekend, so. They're out fighting. <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah. Both will come out fighting, especially at home. Yeah. Yeah. Brady yeah. Cook set a SEC record for most consecutive passes without an interception. Like, just over here breaking records. Yeah. Their kicker kicked kick that 61-yard field goal a couple weeks back to win, and, yeah. It is just over here. I'm just over here enjoying it because this is just this is just a fun team to watch in
1: mm-hmm. general.
0: There's just a lot of excitement and fun, and it's been a minute, so we're just taking it all in and just enjoying it. So, and everybody had a great time. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Trailers. Uh, we've got we've got a few this week. So, the first one is coming to Netflix in December 7th. We have Leave the World Behind. It's a family drama based on the upcoming novel by Ruman Alam, which is basically a post-apocalyptic film starring Julia Roberts, uh, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke. uh, Let's see here. Kevin Bacon's in it. And, yeah. So directed by Sam es- Esmell, so who was a executive producer for both Mr. Robot and Homecoming and yeah it, he also did the resort on Peacock if you watch that so um I'll be excited for this one it looks good cast and yeah uh, next we have Argyle this this preview uh, aired before the movie, the creator this week, and you may have seen it, uh, online somewhere. The world's greatest spy Argyle gets caught up in a globe trotting adventure. However, so do we in it? Sophia butella Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas, Howard, uh, Ariana DeBose, Sam Rockwell, Samuel L. Jackson, John Cena, uh, Catherine O'Hara, Brian Cranston, Rob Delaney, Huge cast. Uh, Basically, it's a writer that writes these kind of romantic action movies or uh, books. Mm -hmm. And then she she ends up getting swept away by the government because apparently a lot of the stuff she's writing is actually has happened or is might be happening soon. Even to her, it's just fiction. But apparently it's predicting things that are actually happening. So, at least that's what the trailer kind of leads you to believe. What she writes becomes real. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it's a lot more than the uh, one. Yeah, it looks fun. It looks fun, much like how you talked about. Kind of reminded you of The Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, just a fun, just a fun little ride. Um, so yeah, and then uh, next we have the full trailer from the movie Wish. Coming to us from Disney, November twenty second, which will follow a young girl named Asha who wishes on a star and gets a more direct answer than she bargained for when a troublemaking star comes down from the sky to join her. So, voice act or voice talent of Ariana DeBose, Evan Peters, Chris Pine, Alan Tudyk, Harvey Guillen, Victor Garber, Rami Yusuf. Yeah, just another great cast of talent. Cast of talent. Wow, Jeff, good job. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next we have May, December. Coming to Netflix December 1st, 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. Starring Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, Chris Melton, Corey Michael Smith. If you watched the show Gotham, he's the one that played the Red Door. Loved him in that. He's a great actor. And uh, yeah, looks good. Uh, It is direct, it's Todd Haynes' new movie. So looking forward to that. And then finally, coming into Apple TV Plus, November 3rd, we have Fingernails. Uh, Anna and Ryan have found true love, and it's proven uh, by a controversial new technology. There's just one problem, as Anna still isn't sure. Then she she takes a position at a love testing institute and meets Amir, starring Jeremy Allen White. If you've watched The Bear on Hulu, that's where you'll know him from. Jesse Buckley. Annie Murray, or excuse me, Annie Murphy from Shit's Creek. And let's see, uh, Riz Ahmed's in it, Luke Wilson, another great cast. So trailer looks interesting. I'm very curious about this one. Yeah. I have to check the trailer out. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Looks good. And that is what we have for trailers. <clears throat> All right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, the, uh, our feature presentation coming to us this past Friday, September 29th, is the movie The Creator, which is PG-13 with a runtime of two hours and 13 minutes. Against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former soldier finds the secret weapon, a robot in the form of a young child. There is going to be so I was trying Ruth's like, so what did you watch or would you go? What did you and York just because York went with me and we went and saw it in IMAX Mm -hmm. on Friday. I realized after almost seven minutes of trying to explain the plot of this movie, I didn't realize how intricate and how many different things are going on in this movie at once. Yeah. And after 10 minutes of talking about the movie, I know she was immediately regretting asking me and you your, I realized you your, that you your, this the you whiteboard bo- out. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I realized that, you know what? I'm having a hard enough time trying to explain this simplistically mm. to her. I'm like, oh, dear God, I'm in trouble on Monday <laughs> when we record. Yeah. Because it, it's <laughs> there's so much that goes on in this movie. Uh, so, first of all, it was, the screenplay was written by Chris Weitz and Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards also directed the film. He's all, he also directed uh, Rogue One. If you're like me and we're and are a fan of that movie, you will also be a fan of this. I think the most astonishing thing out of this entire movie is that it was shot for $80 million. $80 yeah. million
1: I saw that online. For a
0: sci-fi movie. Yeah. It's a good, about, well done sci fi movie. There we go. Yeah, because
1: yeah. I, I was a clip from a show that was like, guess the budget? And it was like, 200 million. No. 100 million. No. And it's like, what? And they said, 80 million? Because I mean, it looks like it could be 300 plus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or even more. Absolutely. And um, and I was just like, wow. Proof that you don't need a huge budget to make a good yep. movie. As long as you have a great script, story, cast, you know. You can do it. And it was what was it? Shot with a Sony FX3, an entry level full frame camera cinema camera. Yeah. So like entry level. Like it's I guess maybe in the still in the demo phase, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So um but yeah. That that's definitely a high high point to take away high from this.
0: Yeah. Um so he so and about that <clears throat> Edwards uh Decided to take a different approach uh, to his filmmaking and talked to the studio into letting him film without green screen and filming on location using smaller cameras, using guerrilla filmmaking techniques, and playing industrial light and magic, and then adding in the sci fi elements later. Wow. Yeah. So he and he cited uh, films such as Apocalypse Now, Baraka, Blade Runner, uh, definitely Blade Runner. Uh, mm-hmm. Akira, Rain Man, The Hit, uh, E.T., and Paper Moon as this film's sources of inspiration. And yes, the uh, film, and you were correct, the Sony FX3, it's an entry-level full-frame cinema camera. So, it, yeah, it just it, like I was just in awe watching this movie and realizing that all of this is going on with basic things. Yeah. Those and that always impresses me. Like it, it doesn't impress me because because the director is just trying to I don't want to say do something different, but a director that's like we just don't need it. Like yeah. I can make a good movie with these things. I just need you to trust that it's going to be a great movie by right. letting me use these things. That not everything has to be like a Marvel or DC movie that requires green screens everywhere. Right. So we I'll can make it look this. like
1: it. I'll make it look like it, but we yeah, don't need to do it,
0: but we don't need it. <laughs> yeah. We can still make things. We can still film things on location and still make it look like we're not on location. Yeah. And it's just wild. And so and their principal photography started uh, January 17th of last year and, and then wrapped May 30th. Yeah. Right. Four, five months.
1: You think that would take a yeah. whole year.
0: Yeah, but, with with everything they had going on, it's yeah. just crazy. Uh yeah, it, uh, it was crazy. I I just I don't there's so much going all right, let's try and actually get into the <laughs> into the story because I'm my nerdiness on the technical aspects are will always get me sidetracked. So first of all, before we even get to that, John David Washington is our protagonist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he plays Joshua. Madeline Yuna Boyles plays Alfie, the AI child. Jima mm-hmm. Chan, or uh, yeah, Jima Chan plays Maya, mm-hmm. who is uh, Joshua's. They were married, yeah. Uh, wife, yeah. yeah. And then you have Allison Janney, who was puts in. Just does a phenomenal performance as Colonel Hal in this. And then Ken Watanabe as Harun, Harun, who was originally, uh, Benedict Wong was actually originally cast, but due to scheduling conflicts, he couldn't yeah. make it happen. So Ken Watanabe st- stepped in. Uh, then you have Sturgill Simpson as Drew, Amara Shada Patel as Omni, Mark. Manchacha as McBride. He always plays such an amazing villain. Yeah. Like anything he's in, he's just like you look at him, you're like, ah, oh, this this effing guy again. Bad guy. But in a good way. Like you <laughs> yeah. know he just has that aura that he just plays such a great villain. Yeah. And whatever he's in is awesome. He's definitely somebody I love to see on on camera. Uh yeah, and that kind of rounds out our main characters of this of this epic film. It is. So Maya is, so there's this basically a nuclear explosion. We'll just say, uh, occurs in Los Angeles mm-hmm.
1: at this,
0: at this point in time, humans and AI robots are living symbiotically. That's a good word. Yeah. You know, they have, you know, these robots are hat, you know, have everyday jobs like humans do. and, can perform daily job, you know, routines and jobs and all these things. So there's kind of like I robot, you know, they just live among the humans. Yeah. And then you have some that enjoy having the AIs around AI robots around. And those that don't, I did sure. see a lot of similarities between the two movies. Yeah. Um, I, in I that kinda, respect.
1: I liked how they introduced it kind of like a newsreel, like old school newsreel old style. 50s.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause that's I was like, when is this taking place? <laughs> Exactly, but, but um, it just shows, like you said, how the robots and AI is kind of simulated with humans doing day-to-day things, doctor, even being an athlete, you know, mm-hmm. and then allowing the humans to basically donate their likeness for simulate so they'll have their face, which I thought was kind of creepy, but um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah, but I like how they presented it. It was like just a cool, quick little setup, and then they go into the the problem.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and the uh, – I think, too, the reason why they did that, too, is to show to show how long they've been assimilated – or not assimilated – how long they've been living symbiotically together. Like, it's yeah. not something that's just new and then all broke loose. Like, this has been going on for decades, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been going on for decades, and, you know, much like anything in society, things evolve. Things get better sometimes, or – things evolve sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Like in this case, anyway, a, so yeah, a nuclear bomb explodes in, in, uh, Los Angeles killing over like a million people or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And to the point that humans in the U S now, no longer and they're blaming it on, on the robot AIs and not on anything else. And so they Basically, in the U.S., outlawed robot AIs. Like you're basically not allowed to have any, and or there's you know basically they're getting rid of them usually by means of extermination. In the U.S., uh, yeah. there are certain parts of Asia, and they just that they're still you know basically living symbiotically and letting them around. And it's to the point that they've just called it New Asia. And yeah, so there's. But the U.S. has this big, huge flying space thing. I mean, it's i mean, it's not technically in space, but I guess it can be. I don't know. It seems – I because sometimes you see it up in the, like, stratosphere, but you don't – then you'd see it, like, a little bit closer down to – Yeah. Uh, you know, just it's, barely – It's up
1: there in no the atmosphere. It's up there. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Called Nomad. And basically, it can help wipe out and just drop – you know, nuclear bombs down on a specific area at very targeted locations. Yeah. Cause they can send out a
1: target and it doesn't necessarily have to be directly under it. They can just target right. a certain area and then send a missile
0: and just wipe it out. Boom. Instant. So, so are the U S military is just about trying to get rid of all of the AI robots, whether they are in new Asia or the U S because otherwise they still see them as a threat. They don't want that
1: They don't want what happened to happen again. Right. Even though it's their fault. (laughs) And
0: that that does get uh, acknowledged later that it turns out it was a coding error on the humans. Yeah. And so.
1: Like, I was just saying it because they they created it. I think,
0: yeah. I think I literally went, yep, that checks out. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I was like, yep,
1: nope. I 110% believe that. Because, like, during the newsreel, they said that they gave them the ability to learn and adapt instead of Mm -hmm. it being just this is ai and it does on its own they coded it that way to yeah so it's like what do you think's going to happen yeah but of That's course something wrong happens like well we'll just blame the ai we're not going right. to <laughs> nope
0: yeah it's not on us but, yeah we're not going to f up the fact we're not going to admit that we effed up the fact that we killed our own people yep that sounds about right um <laughs> so um yeah so joshua plays a Person that is married to, uh, to Maya. Oh, and they're trying to find, I'm going to forget the name of it. It's a Nitro, Nit- oh, Nirmada. Nirmada, thank you. I, I knew I was going to forget that one. Which essentially is the essentially the creator. Yeah, the creator mm-hmm. of the AI. Yeah. And that's kind of the military's thing is that they're trying to find the creator, take them out so they can't make any new AIs or anything bigger so they end up it's a joshua's character you find you find out is working for the government but he's been undercover mm-hmm. and their entire relationship is and Maya's entire relationship is uh, or started out as just, just an, an assignment yeah, yeah an assignment and he ends up marrying her and then they're she is pregnant with one or two kids i can't remember uh, but I think she's pregnant, nonetheless. Yeah, she's pregnant. They didn't actually say how many. They yeah. said pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a raid, and they're trying to. The government's showing up on the shore of this island where they were staying, and then run and the rest of the AIs are trying to you're trying to get Maya to hide, you know, and trying to get everybody to leave. They gotta leave because they're you know they found them and all that. And then there's a firefight. Uh, Joshua or Maya finds out Joshua was del- basically was working with the government and their entire relationship was kind of a lie.
1: So I, I, I rewatched it and I noticed in that she, she said, you promised you were done or you were out. Oh, so like, okay. so it's yeah, like, he right. to- so like he told her right what he was doing, but said, I'm done with it. Cause what we that's, got going on. valid. Right. Cause I, I didn't catch it the first time, but when I watched it again, yeah. like also oh, she knew. Yeah. And so, but. You know, they, they brought somebody in that was part of the human soldiers that came in, and it was somebody that he knew because he's like, "Why are you here? You're blowing my yeah. cover." He gets on the radio, and that's when Maya catches him. And she's like, "I thought you were done." <laughs> and yeah, draws a weapon on him, runs away, and then soldiers come in try to hold him back. He manages to get to the beach right as they're leaving, and then Nomad does its thing. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. And then fast forwards five years later. Yeah. Yeah. Fast forwards five years later and also Joshua's missing a limb, he's missing an arm and a leg I think, right? Or just an arm.
1: His right arm and a I don't know if it's his left or right leg, but he's got but he's got a prosth- prosthetic he's got a metal. Yeah. Yeah. Prosthetic arm, so he's,
0: prosthetic leg. Right. So he's he was like that, you know, at the beginning of the film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just trying to do his rehab, trying to, you know, get back into just doing his normal thing and of course Allison Janie's Colonel Halb tries to recruit him to bring him back in because she shows him some footage in which Maya was still alive Yeah, and working with the AI robots. And basically, if you help them, if you help the military get to this place, you can, you know, you can go bring Maya back with you. Yeah. That's how they get him in. And that's how they get him in. Because
1: he's like, no, I'm done. Because. Yeah. Like, first, you sent me another cover and you blew my cover. So, yeah. and I lost my wife. You're right. And I have. Yeah. But then he becomes fixated. Oh, he, She's still alive. And that's his motivation to, to help yep. him out.
0: Yep. And then he becomes solely obsessed with it until he finally makes it in. This is in the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. He makes it in. He finds out that the weapon, it turns out, is a small child who pretty much has as a, a as an ai robot it is the most adva- it is the most advanced ai robot that they have built mm-hmm. and was not built to be a weapon but to stop the weapons yeah
1: i think i think and, those those um where it's like robot human face i think they called them yeah. simul simulants those are the simulants, simulants
0: that's right yeah. yes and so the he's now having to basically He's trying to process things <laughs> for one. He's yeah. still trying to find Maya, but he ends up, the simulant ends up actually rescuing him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go on this, you know, basically then becomes like a road journey. Yeah, escort cool uh, mission. <laughs> yes. for Because he apparently knows where Maya is. And so it becomes this road mission where he's trying to, he's now more, he becomes. A, Along the journey, he becomes more and more allied, we'll go with, the, the simulants. And I mean, he kind of was, but was, yeah. but was it? No. Uh, was by marriage? <laughs> like.
1: I mean, he got accustomed to being around him, so he wasn't so much yeah. against him then. But yeah. because of what happened, it kind of, I guess, put back that prejudice. Because yeah. even the interaction with Maya towards the end, he's like, like that's not real that's just programming you know this is really yeah. what we have so he just looks at the simulants and robots just being programming and they're doing things that yeah. they're programmed to do and they're they're not really doing things on their own it's just programming right like, that was his kind of mindset now you're seeing like well maybe it's a little more they have emotions
0: <laughs> you know yeah yeah and so it becomes this relationship this road movie in which he's trying in which the relationship between between uh Josh and Alfie builds as they try and find Maya. And then you've got Colonel Hal and uh, McBride trying to find Joshua so they can get the weapon, which they still aren't sure if it's that it's the child, but just knows that he has the weapon. Yeah. And so they're trying to come after him so they can do that and obviously take Joshua out as well yeah. for being, you know, for now double crossing them. It was
1: a quick turn, too. It was like,
0: yeah, I got a traitor to kill. I'm like,
1: <laughs> yeah. dang. Damn, 20, it was all good just 24 hours ago.
0: <laughs> right. I needed his help.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm um, going to do it begin with.
0: Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, Allison Jane is cold-hearted in this movie. I love it. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of her character in Night where she's just like, I mean, minus the humor, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But her when she played the mom in I Tanya, like I was just waiting for a for a bird to wind up on her shoulder when she was talking during during this. <laughs> but I mean she is she's a phenomenal actress. I love her anyways, but she is so good in this playing such an evil I mean, yeah. and the thing is she's got motivations. Basically yeah. uh two simulants killed her son. So who was serving in the military. Yeah. And so Actually, she's got this I think she had two. I think she had yeah, two that she yeah. lost in the war, yeah. but
1: one was taken out by the simulant. So, yeah, she got her own vendetta. <laughs> right. It's like if you're if you're helping this weapon, then sorry, <laughs> mm-hmm. bye.
0: <laughs> exactly, and that just just that loss and just her refusal to grieve mm-hmm. the loss of her kids is just fueling her revenge more, and yep. costing the lives of her soldiers and. And uh, civilians alike is.
1: And I guess her and Joshua kind of got similar, but diff- it's, it's, it's the same, but different. Like right. he's focused on trying to get to his wife that he's now knows is alive and he's got the A.I. He's going to use it to his advantage to get to where he got to go. And then, you know, the general's like, I need to get this to kill him, or get revenge for my sons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they got kind of a little parallel going on there.
0: Yep. And it's interesting how both of them refuse to deal with their grief. Yeah. Their motivation. They just use their motivations differently. And she knows, and that was one of the ways that she was able to get him talking, talked into doing because she knows what it's like to be a grieving person Mm -hmm. and how to manipulate. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it it is a, and and again, we don't want to get too, too into it. Um, but just know this movie is the story's great. The characters are are the the characters are fleshed out, fleshed out. <laughs> Phenomenal performances by John David Washington, which I'm sorry, I've yet to see a role of his that I'm like, it's maybe not his, one of his better ones. That's Every right. single one I've seen him in, I've absolutely thought he's been the whites out knocked it out like to me I, I i prefer i would watch a movie with him over his dad but that's i me. mean but i'm sure I mean, it probably kind of, de- it probably depends it kind of on makes the movie.
1: Sense. it kind of makes sense you know denzel now he's kind of at his where he's just he's just denzel he's, him, he's, he, he's his Neeson phase. yeah so he's he's kind of he's put his work in paid his dues yeah. got to that yeah. point where now he can just doesn't yeah. matter he, he just he just do what he do and yeah. john david is still kind of coming up yeah even though he's 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 definitely got the star status, but he's still got kind of got that hunger in a way where he's putting a lot into his roles.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but golly, yeah, phenomenal actor. Yes. Uh, but yeah, and Madeline Una Voyles as Alfie was spectacular as well. Just yes. I mean, to had to show a lot of reserve and then try and figure out how would a robot AI act. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, she pretty much spent most of the time in a, in that secure area just watching TV, <clears throat> cartoons, and that's all. And then just kind of – like, first, she don't even know if speaks English or not, but then shows, yeah, does. Um, and then, you know, I end up watching The Golden Child because I started seeing some comments saying it was kind of like, this is The Golden mm-hmm. Child with AI, which, you know, I can see but the interaction between Eddie Murphy and the golden child doesn't take place until like the end of the movie. Yeah. But there are moments when Joshua and Alfie are trying to get away in the vehicle and he's telling her like buckle up. There's a moment in the golden child where that happens with, but it's like, so it's a little, little bits of pieces in that they pull in from that. So I'm surprised they didn't list it as inspiration, even though it's just a small part of that movie that is inspired by it.
0: Yeah. And you could definitely see a lot of Boyd runner in this movie. Oh yeah. but There's so much like just the production design alone. Yeah. Especially when they're in the, any sort of urban area,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but also like how they still try and take inspiration from wherever location they're supposed to be taking place in, like the Thailand stuff. You could tell there's a lot of futuristic looking, but yet uh, aspects of, uh, of things of their culture and like their boats and stuff like that. it's, yeah, it is just very well thought out, very well done. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I would definitely recommend this highly, and if you can, try and go see it in IMAX. This is such an IMAX worthy film. Yes, and I agree. York really enjoyed it as well. He's he he didn't really know much about the movie. I mean, as neither did I, but I, I'd read a lot of just glowing reviews on it. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we'll go check it out. And then, yeah, it was phenomenal. Really enjoyed it. Great sci-fi movie.
1: Shoot, at the end of when I watched it, there was a few people clapping at the end.
0: I was just like, all right. Yeah. Definitely rewatchable. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. I did see some, Uh, I did see some similar things with row one in this. Yeah. So, that's good because I, I. That's fine. Row One is like the first Star Wars movie I ever purchased. <laughs> yeah. And there's others I like, but that's the first one where I'm like, yeah, I'm buying that. So I'm definitely going to pick this up and add it to my collection.
0: Mm hmm. True story. All right. <laughs> so it's Rocktober, yes? Time for yes. spooky season? Yes. All right. I did mm-hmm. not, I was not able to make it out to the theaters for the fathom event screening of Slaughterhouse. house mm-hmm. however itunes helped me out and is now available to rent for 5.99 on itunes so that actually probably saved me money <laughs> by waiting until it came out on itunes because even yeah. with yeah just- and women you're up charges for fathom and still going to be more than that
1: yeah, like, I don't think they even qualify as just 15 is right. a change.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, I watched, I watched this uh, this movie called Swather House, rated PG-13, with a runtime of one hour, 33 minutes. So, we've posted this trailer, at least I have, a couple of times, and was very excited <laughs> to see it's funny, on IMDb, it says release date October 15th,
1: 2023.
0: Hmm. But here we are. It's available to rent. Yeah. Uh, and it was in theaters back in August, on uh, August 30th. All right. So, Swatherhouse, starring uh, Olivia Ruhr as Madison, Lisa and Ball, golly, Am Ball Avadnar. There we go. Uh, Stefan Kapik as Oliver. Sydney Craven as Brianna. Tiff Stevenson as Miss Mayflower. Grace Patterson as Chloe. And Bianca Beckles-Rose as Zinni. Emily Young, a senior, wants to be elected as her sorority's president. She adopts a cute swath. Thinking it can become the new mascot and help her win until a string of fatalities implicate the sloth as the main suspect in the murders. All right. I want to go ahead and say off the bat this is the sort of campy horror movie that you kind of expect from a movie like this. Like this, this movie did not disappoint. This is a movie that you would that would be probably best seen with a group of people because mm-hmm. everybody can laugh at a lot of the ridiculousness. It it is good that it doesn't try and take itself too seriously because it knows what it is. Basically, Brianna is trying to stay, you know, stay the president of the sorority, and uh, Emily and Madison are both friends. They're kind of the they're not trying to be the popular people in the sorority, but, you know, they come back for senior year. They're ready to kind of get things moving. And then they keep talking about like the it, it's clever in the way that it introduces each character at the mm-hmm. beginning of the film. And when they show show them talking to other characters, they'll have their social media profile pop up like in the corner yeah. with and how many followers they have. To kind of let you know how popular they are, yeah. Which is clever and has like little short bio about you know about them. So I like that, and it's really cool how they did that. And so it's funny when you know Madison's talking like, well, you know, people do like silly things like adopting pets to try and get more followers because people like cute pets and looking at pictures of cute pets. Emily goes somewhere to meet somebody and discovers that. A sloth that basically was captured in the wild. Uh, A sloth that was captured in the wild and then uh, tortured, more or less, you know, picked on, you know, kept in the cage, kind of tortured and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gets out, kills the person that was holding him. She shows up, sees the sloth just kind of there. And she's like, okay, well, I'll take you home with me, buddy. And then puts it in the box and then they leave. She comes back to the sorority house. And then Bree's, like, asking her where she's been and all this other stuff. And she keeps going up to her rooms because she's trying to hide the swath in her room. Yeah. And then Bree, uh, Brown's like, stop where you're at. And then, you know, stop walking to me while I'm talking to you. So, now give me the, you know, and has, makes her turn around. She's like, what's in the box? None of your business. You know, basically none of your business. So, like, let me have the box. And then let go of the box. Box goes down the stairs. Swath slowly crawls out. And... uh you know, there Brown's like, there's no pets allowed, blah, 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 blah. And Emily reminds her that in the, you know, the charter, sorority charter, basically the real state that a, an animal could be brought in that can be uh, can stay at the house if it is elected the basically the sorority mascot. OK. And uh, so they all vote and vote in favor of it being the mascot. Cool. And then Emily announces that she's going to run for president against Bree, or against Brianna. And Brianna obviously hates that because you know, we, we still have to follow stereotypes in this horror movie. Right. So she's that stereotype. And then uh, Madison's like, why do you have a wild animal? You know, where did you get that? Why is it here? And then as things progress and she posts pictures, you know, she gets more popular, people are gonna to want to start voting for her because of the sloth and everything. Mm-hmm. And you slowly no pun there, but as it builds, the sloth is going around killing uh, members of the sorority. And just in the most ridiculous kind of way. Yeah. And it's I mean it that's the sloth looks obviously fake, but it it's I think it's done purposefully hmm and they actually they actually do try and do a good job as far as okay how are we going to film this you know knowing that it's not real and not using cgi you know we're not we're using a practical more or less you know animatronic sloth i guess right and they they are very clever in their editing which is actually done fairly well and the deaths aren't like overly grotesque because it's camp i mean it's campy so yeah. it's it's not going to be overly gross. I mean, it's PG-13. So it's not going to be too so too far. Hard.
1: Yeah. yeah. and go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so it it just shows it like jumping and then like you just see the 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 three uh, the three claws come down like it's striking the person. Yeah. And killing them. But then you know and then it keeps showing how many days until election and all the stuff, and they're they're doing these different things, and everybody keeps asking where so and so is at. Why that? Why haven't you, like, why can't we find so and so? And then it's because each person's slowly getting picked off, and it's funny because the sloth is literally coming up. Like one person was in the hospital, and the mm-hmm. sloth came up with their phone, took a selfie with them while well, in the hospital bed. This is how ridiculous this movie is, but it's funny. There's so much good humor in this because it recognizes what it is and it knows it's camp and there's going to be a lot of silly things in this movie that is going to make you want to laugh. It's, I mean, it is, it is a comedy, it is a comedy horror film. And I was just cracking up at a lot of the silly things happening in this movie. Yeah. You know, there's nothing in there that I was like, oh, that's unbelievable. Because obviously the entire movie is unbelievable. But it yeah. is. And, uh, you know, they they tried to make a couple of the characters kind of three dimensional. But it's with a movie like this is not really giving you a lot of time uh, to try and do that. Because the focus is on the sloth and trying to kill it. You know, it trying to kill people. Emily ends up, you know, Emily and Madison are like turning on. Well, Emily's turning on it because you know, it's going around killing all its people. Right. So it's weird when Emily and Brianna have to team up. Cause Emily's was like, I have to go save Brianna, she's trapped and all this stuff. So yeah. Murder sloth with a sense of humor. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, there's, it's not an end credit because the credit had not fully started. It just a cutaway we'll say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's intentionally trying to make it seem like they're going to, open it for a sequel, not with the same, you know, with a, um, you know, uh, different group or anything, but it is, it is definitely, you know, it's, it, it was fun. It was definitely a fun watch. I would watch it again because it's fun. So, you know, cause I know Ruth kind of wants to watch it. Yeah. And so I would totally watch it with her, uh, again, cause it was, it was, it was very entertaining. I would definitely recommend this, especially if you can get a group of people together, um, just make a night of it. It's just fun. Again, yeah. it's an hour and thirty-three minutes long. It is. It is silly. It is very silly, but it's also very fun. And it's. A, and it, I mean, it's different. It's not something we've seen before. So yeah, why not? So. Cool. All Stop. right.
1: All right. So <clears throat> I guess you say I took one for the team. I don't know. I, checked you out new, so I guess I took one for the team on this one.
0: Yeah, yes. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, I checked out Saw 10 or Saw X, which is the 10th movie in this Saw franchise.
0: So, Pretty much. so can I go ahead and make my Saw joke real quick? Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking about this this morning. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this when I was taking dropping the kids off. Mm-hmm. And having someone ask me, did you see saw? And I'll be like, no, I did not see saw. And them tell me, well, you should really, you should really see saw. And I'll be like, all right. So then I go to a park and I'm like, yeah, they're right. See, it's been a while since I, since I was, you know, since I saw the seesaw (laughs) and still as good as it was when I was a kid. (laughs) Much was seesaw 10. I, I just, been a while since i've just seen saw one so yeah there you go that's my bad dad joke for today i, I, I was, told york and he just groaned on me he's like "Ugh, that's <laughs> a shut up that's what's making me laugh this that's what's making me laugh at 6 30 this morning
1: yeah i was surprised that it went that far because we got you know we got fast and furious 10 this year so it's the, the, this, the next series of 10 movies <laughs> 10. yep um Not but a competition. Uh,
0: so it's not a competition.
1: <laughs> um, but this release September 29th right now for an hour and 58 minutes directed by Kevin, uh, Grudert and it stars Tobin Bell reprises is John Kramer slash Jigsaw. Okay, uh, Sharni- <laughs> uh, Sharni Smith as Amanda Young who appeared in a couple of the movies. Some of them as flashbacks, I think like two or three where she was actually in it. um, uh, Sinov Makodi Lund, Cecilia Peterson, Stephen Brand, Renata Vaca, Joshua Okamoto, or Okamoto, Octav- Octavio Inosá, maybe that's right. Sure. Uh, Paulette Hern- Hernandez and Michael Beach. When I saw he was in this, he's never good. I'll just just say that <laughs> he's never good. Um, but this is about a sick and desperate John travels to Mexico. For a risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes for a miracle cure, first cancer only discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable. So that pretty I mean, this in the trailer pretty much tells you why everything's happening. So there's no no mystery, no secret or anything like that. But um, this movie does take place between the first Saw. So it's a direct sequel to Saw 1 and a prequel okay. to Saw 2. So it's smack dab in the middle. Okay. And so it starts off with John Kramer receiving news that his cancer spread to the point where there's nothing they can do as far as to save him. So he has maybe months at best to live. And the doctors basically just telling him to retire and just let it happen. <laughs> That's basically what he's telling him. And John's like, ah, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't like that. I've got I've got work to do, <laughs> basically. Um, but well, basically, doctor says, make him, make the best of the time he has left. So in the meantime, he still continues his treatment and goes to a cancer support group. And um, after some time has passed from that, he runs into a former member of the group, Henry Kessler, played by Michael Beach, who's looking much healthier now than in the meetings. And he tells Kramer that he took this experimental treatment where it's a combination of experimental drug plus surgery. And that for the last, it's been four months and he's doing well. He even stands up, lifts up his shirt and shows a scar because he had stage four pancreatic cancer. Yet four months later, he's doing fine. So, so he
0: tells. Did he go to to, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Comatosh? Same point, you got the same treatment Benjamin Bryant got. Right.
1: (laughs) But, you know, he tells him that the treatment that he took isn't FDA approved? It's not approved anywhere in the U.S., and they only do it in Mexico. So he gives him a website link that he says is still good for him to check it out and then make his own decision. So he watches a video of the original doctor, Finn Peterson, who's explaining how his treatment works. Then later goes to the website and watches a video with the daughter Cecilia, who has taken over while her her father kind of perfects things for his treatment. And so convinced that this may be the way to go uh he sends an email because i think that's about that time when this is taking place during the email email times and he either gets a phone call the same day or the next day from cecilia and they talk about you know how the treatment works and how she just happens to have one spot that she can put him in if he's able to make it there a week from today for this because she has people coming in so he agrees arrives in mexico And he's picked up by a cabbie named Diego who takes him to the location where he meets Cecilia and her team, along with a young woman by the name of Gabriella, who claims to have been cured by Cecilia as well. So he's getting a lot of positive feedback that this procedure is the thing to do. And there's a conversation that he has with Cecilia where, you know, she asks him what he does for a living. And, you know, he likes to create things, but he says he also... Likes to help people kind of like a life coach (laughs) Mm -hmm. to teach people how to appreciate life more. You know, uh, he's got special tactics, special skills. But, um, so the next day, well, that same day he meets the team, gets blood drawn and he's even introduced to a patient that has currently finished his surgery to go and do the, I guess the med, the medicine portion Mm -hmm. of it. So the next morning procedure's done and they're keeping him kind of halfway awake, somewhat under, and he's watching the video, a t- the monitor of what they're doing. But yeah. Cecilia kind of suspiciously turns the screen away, which, you know, you're thinking, well, you don't want to be grossed out and kind of freak out by seeing all this work done on his head. Yeah. But, um, then he wakes up the next morning, procedure done. It took some more lab work, said everything, you know, seems to be going in the direction that they want. And so is a success. Um, So before he leaves Mexico, he decides to buy a bottle of vodka or tequila, rather, to go back and say thank you for helping him out. He gets back to the house. No one's in the house. Looks like it's been ransacked. Like, pictures are on the ground, broken. Goes to the area where the procedure took place. It's been ransacked as well. But there's a DVD of, um, I guess, like a documentary of a procedure. So he lifts up. The monitor hits play on the um the device and it shows a doctor talking then he skips ahead and it shows the procedure that he thought was happening to him but it was actually just a video a part of this collection this dvd collection so yeah and so he ends up pulling his bandages off his head to discover there's no scar nothing now at this point, I'm kind of thinking like if you've had a surgery, don't you think you'd have a headache or something? Like I know the medicine to like give you in a lot
0: of pain or something.
1: Yeah, and like that medicine to give you probably isn't good enough to completely dull the pain. Yeah. But I digress. That's small. Right. But it, so you know, he's upset. He's angry, and of course, by this time, he's already been doing his jigsaw thing. So yeah, he knows what he needs to do. So he devises a plan to try to find these people. And so how, what did I? I think I caught... did a um life appreciation program that he has <laughs> gets them set up for that. And, um, which she caught, which he has Amanda help him do that. Um, uh, but he also kind of goes to a good source for information, finds this person and gets the, the details on how to find this team along with Cecilia. Yeah. And then from there, it's just about putting them in these different traps and, you know, seeing if they get out or not. <laughs> um, it's pretty much Saw at this point. So he basically yeah. brings him to a warehouse. So he's got Cecilia, Mateo, who's like one of the assistants, Valentina, who's the tech that took blood, and Gabriella, who, you know, was giving him this sob story about how she, Cecilia cured her. And so there's some gruesome... T- I mean, they're gruesome. <laughs> i say that. Um, yeah. But like all the, the movies, I feel like everything they can actually escape from it's just they panic so much that by the time they figure out what to do it's too late (laughs) but um i mean it's pretty interesting setup that they have but it's it's a couple of twists that i didn't see happening because you kind of think okay well maybe john's not as smart as he thinks he is you know yeah but um but it's like it's one of the better saw movies it's basically saw and this one so far like the highest rated amongst them all because it's like when saw came out and then two, and the rest of, it just trickled down. The ratings just drop, 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 drop. And this one brings it back up to kind of that first saw standard. And um you know, it's a decent story. It's kind of by numbers, which they give away in the trailer and the description of telling you what you know. It's not. I thought it was going to be an origin story, but it's not. Yeah. It's just he's already been doing this, and he gets the news that his cancer is getting worse. And um, but there is one fake out. <laughs> So if you happen to go see it, there's one fake out that involves eyes. So I, like, as soon as I saw that, just like my poster <laughs> shows, yeah. um, yeah, it's, but it's gruesome. I mean, it's not so much to the level of torture porn. Yeah. <laughs> in that, in that expect, but I mean, he gives them a chance. Like he gives them clear instructions on what to do, but because they're panicked, they're not really paying attention to what he's saying. And that's kind of the, their downfall essentially. Um, but it's got a good, good little twist at the end that I like. And if you do plan on watching it, there is like a mid credit thing at the end that I almost missed because I always wait to the end to look mm-hmm. stuff up. I walk out and I look like I got to go back in. <laughs> and so I, I was able to catch it. But it, it's um, I just say it's just another person that gets caught getting his life mm-hmm. appreciation moment. and um, And another character is shown that appears in one of the later movies just kind of ties it together with everything. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's good. I mean, I, I was surprised. I thought it was just going to be real cookie-cutter, bland, boring, and it would be all about just the um, the traps. But, I mean, it's got a decent story. You know, he's got good motivation. I mean, you get scammed out of your money when people are telling you that they're going to cure your illness when you got months to live and you find out they, they lied. Yeah, they just picked the wrong one. They <laughs> chose the wrong one to do that with. And um yeah. But yeah, it's good. If Saw's your thing, check it out. If not, this won't change your mind. <laughs> but if you're if you've already watched them the previous nine movies, then it's right up your alley. Perfect for Halloween.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, so after watching House, I finally got a chance to watch When the Pooh blood and honey it is currently streaming on peacock so if you haven't watched it yet and then you're kind of curious about it who little bother <laughs> um uh, you could check it out on peacock uh because it's currently streaming there uh, again patrick's already talked about this on a previous episode but uh just kind of refresh your memory after christopher robin abandons them for college Pooh and Piglet embark on a bloody rampage as they search for a new source of food because apparently the woods has no source of food anywhere.
1: (laughs) They've gotten used to that food. They want something more.
0: right? They need something more meaty, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, so uh, I watched this and yeah, it, it does start out with like Christopher Robin returning with his Fiance, i guess they they're engaged or whatever yeah and they're gonna get married and he takes her to where he grew up and to the hundred acre woods because he wants her to meet who and piglet and everybody you know that he grew up with his friends and it doesn't go well we'll just say it does not go well and that's on the move and then the credits roll and then you're like oh all right then and then you're introduced to maria who has been having problems because she has had a stalker. And so she going to therapy or therapist, of course, suggests, why don't you just try getting out of town for a while. I was like, wow, you need a therapist to tell you that. Right. It's a little, yeah. Anyways. So her and a group, of fr- so Maria and a group of friends go uh, out to the woods, to this cabin in the hundred 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 acre woods. You still, uh, you find out Christopher Robin's still alive but is being chained up in a, what looks like a broken down cabin area. And so he is being tortured. He's tied up being whipped and tortured and everything. And when leaves the cabin, he can hear some wild pop music, which the songs were pretty much on the nose talking about honey, honey, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, eh, that's, that's clever. Uh, clever bear. Um, yeah and then you know the killing starts and why just because it's simple piglet and poo need need to eat and so they gotta kill and because they're feral now i mean not that it's weird to say that animals aren't feral anyways but yeah Yeah. but poo's got his flannel shirt on and his overalls you know he's He's a lumberjack, and they don't. And he don't care. <laughs> chopping down, chopping down limbs for sure. Just yeah. people's limbs, not tree limbs. <laughs> <laughs> this movie I thought would be campier in the way, in the manner that I thought, in in the way that I thought *Slaughterhouse* would be or is campy. Mm-hmm. This movie's just straight up horror, which is fine, but it does that. Even though the trailer shows that it's horror, you still feel like there's an there's like this air of campiness to it. Yeah, like it's still going to be funny horror, like you're like just kind of ridiculousness. Yeah, but this movie is stri- shot like a straight up horror film, in which the like they're taking that seriously. Like this, no, we're a serious horror film. It's shot wonderful though. Yeah, like once I finally kind of was like, okay, this is not going to be. Campy. This is going to be a straight horror film. I found myself enjoying the movie more, uh, is by the way, the movie is not rated. We'll just say it's rated R there's, but the blood that's, that you see, cause you don't see anything gory or anything like real bad until like towards the end, mm-hmm. um, where there's a scene with a car and even that still is still like hella fake. Um, like, you kn- like you could tell like, wow, that's, it's not made to look realistic. Budget. It's, it's yeah. yeah. Like it's so, yeah. The low budget, I think helped with this film because they were able to do clever things with the lighting that you should want, that you want in a horror film. And they're not doing it because they're trying to be either artsy or hide things, but it's because they do have a small budget. So the lighting helps add to the horror in that it, uh, makes things seem creepier and makes some of their shots work a little bit better as far as the killings, because you can't see certain things that are going on. And it just adds to the atmosphere. So this actually for a horror movie, just a straight up horror movie. It's actually really well done, especially knowing that the budget is not, and it's not even for horror films. It's not much. Yeah. But, and the characters are fairly two dimensional. I mean, they're, yeah, you know, just friends. You know, they're not trying to add any kind of depth in this. No. Like even <laughs> even Maria, who aside from Christopher Robinson is your like protagonist, I guess. Mm-hmm. They tried to just they gave her enough depth to just give a reason as to why they're out of the cabin. Which honestly, they didn't even need to do that. It could just be we're going to the cabin for the weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't even have to have the 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 whole counselor session thing. They could have maybe had a flashback or something
0: if they wanted to. But yeah, but just, it's not just, needed because it uh, really, other than it helps makes you feel something for that character. Yeah, of something they've gone through by the end of the film, it not, doesn't. There's no payoff for knowing for knowing that for having that knowledge. We'll just say that. Yeah, just and that and, so that kind of bothered me because like why introduce it? Right, if you're not going to do anything with it, right? If you're yeah. if there's not going to be any kind of resolve from it, it just yeah. seems kind of wasted. But it's, anyways, that's really like my biggest complaint, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, the blood looks so it looks like like strawberry syrup, <laughs> or the kind you can mix. actually make. <laughs> you can actually make with honey, uh, not, oddly enough, uh, not really a pun, but basically use honey and red red dye. Yeah. And I forgot something else. You mix it together. It makes a uh, it makes this mixture that makes it look like blood because it adds some consistency yeah. to it. I only know this because I had to do this with students back during the one year I taught uh, criminal justice, and we were doing it for a blood spatter uh, assignment. And that we mixed a bunch of this together so they can then use like uh, st- uh, we call them paint stirrs. Mm-hmm. Then Fling on butcher paper to show like the trajectories of blood spatter from certain distances yeah. and then what that looks like. So, anyway, that's how I know those things. Otherwise, I, and someone actually told me about that. So I'm like, all right, well, there's something new. uh It is extremely messy though. <laughs> made a huge mess that day. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I, I actually found it entertaining. Uh, if you just want, if you're looking for something, Uh, to watch streaming as far as a horror movie, this spooky season, it's worth a watch, especially if you're even remotely curious about it. And yes, they are making a sequel, so they pretty much announced the sequel before the uh, or like right when the movie was released. So and that's all I have for blood and honey. But yeah, Uh, Slaughterhouse, very campy, blood and honey straight horror. So
1: I thought it'd been pretty cool, like before. Who had killed somebody was like, oh, bother.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, nothing. You didn't hear them do any dialogue, which is fine. They yeah. did mention that they were talking some sort of bad, broken English. Yeah. I was like, damn, so English? Because <laughs> they're, I mean, this is, you know, in the UK this is where this takes place. Yeah. I'm like, so it's like some weird, just broken English that's not very, you know, it just doesn't sound like it's uh, very well thought out. I was like, oh, so just English. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, that's, that's fair. That's, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was, fun. so some things I did find, uh, while I was kind of looking to see what I was streaming, I was going to run down just a wisdom movies that are currently streaming that I came across that, uh, listeners may or may not be interested in first. Like I said, Winnie the the people had honeys on peacock. Uh, hypnotic with Ben Affleck that you covered is now on Peacock. Uh, Meg two the trench is now on available on Max, as well as the movie Slice with John Baleaga and Zay Z Beats, which I've heard about and looks interesting. Um, and then Theater Camp, which was kind of a short release, uh, looks like it's a lot of. Th- fun uh, york and his mom went and saw it and he said he, he really liked it and that i would really enjoy it so i'm going to try and watch that one so we can talk about it and then wes anderson dropped three short stories on netflix uh not short stories short movie you know short films based on the works of role uh roald Dahl. the wonderful story of henry sugar which is like 40 minutes long poison and as well as the Rat Catcher, which both I think are like 17 or 20 minutes long, uh, those are available now. Spy Kids Armageddon, it's available on Netflix. Grayson started watching it by herself without me, so we're gonna try. I'm gonna try and get around to watching that one as well, and we'll cover that. And then an, an animated short on Netflix called The Swan, it's 17 minutes long. Reptile with Benicio del Toro is available on Netflix. I believe Alicia Silverstone is also in that. I forgot who else. There's like three people in that. Love is in the Air, Romantic Comedy, if you're looking for one, uh, is on Netflix, as well as the documentary, uh, Scouts Honor, about the Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. That's That, too, is available on Netflix. And No One Gets Out Alive, which is another horror movie uh, set at a house in a bunch of teens. So, ooh, scary. Then the wonder with Florence Pugh that came out last year. I never got around to watching it, so I'm gonna try view that one. And then of course, Burk Crusher's The Machine, based on his comic bit uh, of the same name, yeah. which I have not watched and plan on finally watching. Also available on the Netflix. But coming to theaters this week, we have The Exorcist Believer. Dun, dun, dun. James Wan's. I don't know if he just produced it or if he directed it. I think he produced it. And then uh, I'm assuming you're going to go see it because I'm not. I have zero interest.
1: Oh, yeah. I already got my ticket for Thursday. (laughs) Oh, OK. And I'm (laughs) X. All right.
0: OK. Yeah. No, I'm not going to go see that. I I debated. I did debate on going to see it because Ellen Burton's in it. Yeah. And I, I really do enjoy the first one. I've not seen any of the others. Just I just haven't had any interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point Maybe I will But this one I, I After watching the trail I'm like Yeah no, I, I think I'm Going to pass on this one So I'm glad you're Going to go see it uh, Yeah we so saw it when, hear Your thoughts
1: And yeah, when Kyle and I Went to see uh, The Nun 2 They showed a preview for it I like, said so what you think of that Like she's like <laughs>
0: I'm
1: like really <laughs> And then After we watched The Nun 2 She said that she Felt like she needed To read a bible verse After watching it <laughs> So <laughs> So The Exorcist and Saw were two movies that she's like, nah, it's just too much. I'm like, all right, I see, the, I see your limit, your
0: your, yep. your peak. So I'm like, <clears throat> all right, so I'm check it out. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then we also have The Royal Hotel and the movie Foe with Saoirse Run and Paul Mescal, uh, which looks interesting. It's been getting a lot of buzz on the uh, festivals. And when evil works, so another good, good selections for spooky season.
1: Yep. So. Yep. I'm glad to have some horror movies this month because I was worried since a lot of them were coming out earlier in the year. I'm like,
0: yeah, it's,
1: it's going to be available for
0: October. Or I'm October. curious what Netflix <coughs> horror movie be out this this year. Yeah. So we've had some good ones the past few. So I'm curious if they have one to re-release And I just don't know about it. But yeah, we're seen a trailer for one. But yeah, the past couple. They've really, really uh, knocked it out. So we shall see. We shall see indeed. All right, folks, that is that's going to conclude this week's episode. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone is having a great start to the Rocktober and um, the introduction of the spooky season. So we will talk to you all next week. Have an amazing one
1: thanks for listening if you enjoyed our show and have a moment please rate and review it helps us out a lot also recommend us to someone that
0: enjoys movies or also has kids you can find us on twitter at pa movie podcast and on instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod be sure to join our facebook group Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in all the fun.